0: car and i got a plan to get us out of here i've been working at the convenience store managed to save just a little bit of money
1: This that i i do think that that's probably the best song of all time though it is such a good song but like it's, it's it's i i feel like if you had to make if you had to have every human being agree on one song that would probably be it
0: yeah i think i think you're right actually
1: uh, what are is a video game, but a miserable pile of secrets.
0: Are we here to talk about video games today? Is it? Is I don't it? know.
1: I I don't know what like. Well, we're between. Uh, it's uh, July the second of twenty twenty, which means that we are, I think, dead smack in the middle of different uh, national catastrophe. I don't know what uh, we got next. Uh, hindsight will be.
0: As, let's not, as they let's say, not, 2020. Let's, let's leave the, the, the uh, politics out of it. You know, everybody is uh, entrenched in, in their business. In their, everyone's dealing with only that, right? Yeah, and, and yeah I think well. We can be the one podcast. We,
1: the we'll, one uh, we'll dodge that it. That leaves it alone. We always start off so political, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. But what I want to know is what's the deal with games for the week of July 2nd? I'm James Mason.
1: I'm Ryan Kirby.
0: You're still Can't Ryan worry. Kirby after all these years.
1: I know after almost thirty years now. It's gonna be thirty years this month, but I, it yeah. feels like I'm already. It feels like I'm in the uh birthdays that you start to be like. Everyone's like, "Happy birthday!" and it's like, "Well, don't say that so loudly. Don't, don't keep your voice down. Keep your voice down. Be, be a little bit more quiet." I'm
0: still eligible. All
1: right. And I, 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 I yeah. Listen, I'm not dead yet, so stop it. I'm getting older, but I'm not dead yet.
0: Yeah, you know what I did for my 30th birthday is I had a. Well, you had a uh, dead
1: center. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. you had a
0: I was in COVID season and I uh, had an Animal Crossing birthday party where I just met up with people on Animal Crossing and we all played our ocarinas and uh, you sent me some cakes. That was fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure that I was going to get cakes because I was like, "Where am I going to get a cake?"
1: Which were the, were they Were they good? Cake. Like, I never really heard of them. They much. were
0: excellent. Yeah, thank you. They were They were great.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I'm. Uh, Sean, ex uh, co host of the podcast, friend prob- of the show, uh, friend of the show, now friend of the show, um, and ex co host of the podcast will be coming north. Uh, yes, north. I think. My and he's geography. allowed
0: to do that yeah that's i mean okay.
1: well i'm i'm antibodied up so like i i don't know like at least for i feel like you know the the it, we we still have a at this time it is still uh, quite an emergency in particularly florida and texas and california texas is
0: insane i know we don't want to get too much into you know this conversation that's where
1: my family lives that's where my, the fact my that they're like elderly maskless, grandparents...
0: maskless protests that are for bar lives matter. Is that's not even
1: a thing. That's not even a. That's not even so a concept.
0: Many levels. All right. So that's not, that's not even a concept. That's all politics talk. I want to have. You know. You uh,
1: know. I, I, like. I, I. You know. I, oh, we don't want to get into the weeds, right? But it blows my mind that the same people that can be like, because all this entire country, right? It's like the the the, the we we were the. The, the, the freest country right and where your freedoms end are the is the beginning of another person's freedom so like why can't yeah. i go outside and kill someone well because you know you'd end someone else's freedoms so to take that a step back it's like why can't i drive drunk i've driven drunk before and nothing bad happened why can't i do that Well, because, you know, we took that right away because in large part it was being abused and it's safer for society as a whole if we don't do that. Okay, so we agree on certain things like despite being a free country, we're not allowed to do like. So there's but there are certain things like, you know, the Second Amendment guns where they say, you know, the price There's certain price of freedoms. We can't just take that away, even though people are misusing them the same way that people would misuse drunk driving. Um, so we got to have stuff like, uh, metal detectors in schools and there's stuff like, you know, women's rights and abortion not being that important because, you know, you want to protect lives. So you'd think this would be the perfect, uh, like segue into both of them is like, you want, you have your individual freedoms, but there's a price of freedom and the price of freedom is simply wearing a mask for a couple of months and not going outside to big parties And because you want to protect all life, because life is sacred, right? So this is the intersection of so many right-wing ideas. And yet, you cannot... These same people that are, like, building their bunker and for the conspiracy that the government is going to let the aliens in... No, you cannot tell me to stay inside for one month. You could tell me to stay inside forever. I wish I could. My body,
0: my choice. Yeah,
1: my body, my choice. I wish I could stay inside forever. I got video games. I got books i got other things that aren't video games or books
0: but i do miss people like that is that is a, a thing for me is just that uh, yeah uh board games are still appearing on my shelf little by little
1: i know They're not
0: getting taken off of yeah. that shelf and I, I sure would like to just uh get when, when are you gonna
1: like kind of open your floodgates because you guys um, never really got sick did you
0: we didn't get sick no and uh neither uh, paul does not have antibodies uh charlene didn't get sick um so it's it's tough to think about you know uh i wish that there were somewhere that i could play board games outdoors but that's hard it is hard to play board games outdoors. it's not impossible it's not i would feel pretty comfortable doing that but it's it's it is it's hard to think about you know
1: yeah i think i think that would uh or that or just just you know wear a mask try try and be careful. I I think there's, there's, there's a a level of herd immunity, at least uh, like going back to the, the, the states that are currently more dealing with it. Like it was such a rapid aggressive spread in New York that, that like I would dial back the concern. People are still wearing masks. That's, you know, I, I totally understand that. And that's the, the safe way to, to go about it. But I think there, I think we, whether or not, we probably reached herd immunity, but it's difficult because we never had testing, especially in New York. We didn't really have testing yeah. down. like I I did take a test. So I was I said I was sick on this very, very podcast. I took a test uh, a couple days before um, I actually had, like, the full-blown symptoms. And I was like, yep, I probably am sick. And then I felt sick for a little more than two weeks. And my test came back negative. And it was useless because they were like, so the test – is only going to – this is what they said on the phone. The test is only going to work if we test it around two days afterwards because the virus will die uh, on the cotton swab uh, if we test it later, and we tested it a week and a half later because I was supposed to get the results two days after I got sure. the test. They tested it a week and a half later. They were And they also said um, – and if you weren't showing symptoms, especially of the respiratory, like the coughing – um uh and the fever and stuff like that, then you probably wouldn't test positive on this type of test anyway. And to compound all of these things, they said that the test is only about seventy percent accurate. and about thirty yeah. percent chance you'll get a false negative. So uh that that's what they told me and I was like, well this is amazing. That's great. Uh like like I'm so glad that I took this test. And then after uh I came back to work, I had a, they were doing blood testing And uh, my the department blood tested me and I had antibodies. So I had I got sick and I got I got the antibodies, but the test didn't work on me.
0: Um, I think that I I might consider uh, being more comfortable once people can uh, easily just get like a like if I could go into like CVS and have them test me um, and then like I have papers, you know, to show like, hey, I don't have this. Uh, Papers, then I would feel please. comfortable, like, hanging out with uh, people a bit more.
1: I know. We should just put, like, some sort of symbol on people's chest, you know? And, like, those are the people who are allowed to go outside. Yeah. I can't imagine um, how that would be a negative, how that could ever turn negative. But, yeah, all
0: this time inside has been pretty good for my backlog. One of the problems, just, like, I, I we've had this discussion before of there are so many video games that just don't end, Right. And it makes yeah. it very hard when I want to get into a video game that could possibly end.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's refreshing to play a video game that isn't, you know, everlasting sometimes.
0: Yeah. But I've been I've been playing uh we've both been playing Valorant, right? So yeah. that I, game released. What what to say about Valorant that hasn't already been said? I mean there you, were there were a lot I of things that I thought. Right?
1: We placed into gold. That's a, that's better than I've seen iron. from from at iron. least like I, I like real life friends and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, okay, well here's something. Here's some new things. So so the rank system was terrible, and and in general matchmaking was very bad in the beta. Uh, you just had a lot of games that could just end up in like complete stomps. Uh, m- ranked matchmaking was. Horrible, and we complained about it because what a matchmaking system should do is uh provide a nice scale of like the top rank are the best players in the world to the bottom rank where people like the, the complete bottom rank should be people that are like not even fully understanding the controls or the basic concepts of the game. That like because that that's what a that's what a scale would do. Like the worst people ever should be at the bottom but what the ranked and beta did was it largely put everyone at the bottom to climb their way up on a ladder which is terrible it's like a it's like the crabs in a bucket thing where everyone is kind of dragging each other down like you're in games where you can be in one game where your teammate is like not sure of what to buy and they're just buying like a shotgun and a pistol every round and they're not buying armor and it's, like, you are you are core not understanding the economy or with the buying system. And then in the next game being a game where someone is just, like, running headshot, tapping you all day. And it's, like, what is this? Like, why am I in a, a friggin' pro game right now? But, um, so, yeah, they, they fixed everything. I feel like uh, everyone is very happy with the matchmaking. The uh, the games we've had are really close and fun, and even when we get down um, uh, a lot in the score, usually even the teammates are pretty comfortable with trying to at least claw their way back into some sort of decent-looking game. Um, and we got placed kind of around middle of the ranks, so so that makes sense. Like, we're, you know... I, I feel like I... When we were playing ranked, I was like, I'm at least in the top, you know, comfortably 50%, right? I feel like I would be in the top 50% of, like, I'm not the best player in the world, but I am very far from the worst. And
0: yeah.
1: uh, that's so the, the ranking system now at least kind of displays that, kind of backs that up.
0: Yeah, I feel like in, in the beta especially, it kind of put people, like, two ranks lower than they belonged, right? So if we were silver players, it dropped us into iron, so I, I guess the idea was that it would make you feel
1: like you were making progress
0: in, in, like climbing quickly. Uh, but a lot of the times it was,
1: it just it, didn't happen. It didn't happen like that. Cause if everyone starts like that's yeah. just not
0: honestly though, in, in Valorant, it is very satisfying to play against people who are worse than you. It is very satisfying uh, in a, in a way that's like different from league of legends, right? Because in league of legends, uh, the enemy can get fed off of your team, and they could become so strong that even if you're a super good player, uh, they just out out out
1: out, uh, out like numbers you? you out like numbers out, kind out of out you yeah
0: yeah. Uh, but in Valorant, it's kind of just like if you're good, you could take on a lot of people at once because yeah. they'll they'll go at you one by one. Um, they'll buy an op, and then they'll try to shoot while walking like me do will miss
1: that shot though i mean yeah. like like one one thing i always think is like really fascinating about valorant and csgo tactical kind of shooters is like you get a gun like the vandal or the ak which is like those are the same gun um in different games and uh, it it has 25 bullets and one bullet will kill in a headshot so technically you only need five out of those 25 bullets and you have 75 like on you um and that, so that's either a zero, like, either almost, like, a zero-second time to kill. Like, it's, like, um, like you, you can be killed in, in like, half a second. Or if the person misses that first shot, then the likelihood of them, like, they now they need to get, like, four bullets into your chest. And the bullets start going completely all over the place. And the likelihood yeah. of them like, transferring that spray or getting that right. So you can have the same gun in different players is either a, like, 0.35 second time to kill or, like, legitimately, like, a 10 second time to kill as they, like, miss most of their bullets and just try and randomly land some.
0: So... so And it it feels amazing when, like, uh, you know, you, like, one-tap someone... And then, like, you start getting shot from behind, and maybe they, like, hit you once, and then you just, like, instantly turn around and just kill them. Yeah. That's that's what you play Valorant for. There is... Uh, the there's thing always that I, yeah. a... Um... The thing that I play Valorant for, though, is the, uh, the moment where you're hiding in a corner that you shouldn't be in, and they walk past you, and then you just wait, and then you kill, like, two or three people.
1: That's a cool moment.
0: I mostly play just to sneak. Like, I love... A, a, some sneaky moves, and Valorant has a few characters like a uh, Omen that really allow you to just be sneaky. You know?
1: Yeah. I um, love that. I, another thing. So yeah the the matchmaking turned out pretty great. Um, another thing I would say uh, is that the uh, there was a recent pro game, uh, there was a recent pro tournament, and I would say it, it turned out much better than i had i had hope for actually
0: like it it was there were a few good games it was uh
1: especially the final game or like tsm uh overall like like they had they fought uh t1 uh twice and uh they they put t1 in the losers uh bracket and then they ended up fighting t1 again in grand finals and uh I, i was really impressed with the way that played at a pro level, despite the fact that you always talk about um, there being kind of poor spectator tools, there there should be better spectator tools and uh, a better algorithm for focusing on the action. And I agree with that. But I was really impressed with the uh, the the overall flow of of the the game at at a high level and what it's kind of turning out to be. It has. It has kind of the hallmarks of a really solid esport, which I think is to be expected. But it was a little bit better than I even hoped for. Like you had a breakout player like Wardell, who was this player who was playing with the, the op really well and was playing Jet and kind of like moving around in really fascinating ways. And that's really important because that's kind of the thing that helped League of Legends versus something like HOTS, where you want there to be a player on a team that is just popping off and you want to watch them pop off rather than it just being such a team game. And that was a concern with uh, Valorant, was that uh, ver- with the crazy power you know, character abilities, people were worried that you wouldn't have that thing in CSGO where someone can just pop off and 1v5 a team because there's these crazy abilities, which is an Overwatch problem. Um, and I, I don't think that that is going to be an issue, ultimately. I think that it will come down to more player skill and more... The guns over the abilities, but so uh, yeah, it was they, those were really intense games. Uh, they were they were filled with awesome moments, like just like crazy rounds, like a two v five retake on a site, which was pretty cool to watch. Uh, aces and stuff like that. Like they, it, it was a really good tournament. It was a very whole. It was, it was very.
0: Yeah. I hope to see them uh, sort of improve the watchability of uh, of the game. I, I think that. Um, in, in a way, they kind of need something like Dota has, where Dota has, you know, you can watch the tournament in client and you can sort of control yourself. Like it would be amazing if, like, maybe I only want to watch a certain player. Like, let me let me do that, right? Let oh, that would be neat. Player.
1: Yeah, especially that would be really neat, especially for an FPS, because then you kind of see some of the the things going on with them and like what they're what the kind of moves that they're making with what information they're being presented, which doesn't yeah. come across like in a in a MOBA, everyone is kind of more easily presented with all the information because you're looking you know top down and you can see the whole map and just like instantly look at it. But with the with with a first person shooter, like you only have you have limited information from what you are allowed to see. So it would be interesting to see. The kind of like do pros check every corner they don't they they like they don't because they don't have the time they like recognize that sometimes you have to die by not checking a certain corner um and it'll be interesting to see what kind of shots they make like maybe uh you feel like you would miss a shot in in your game and you watch like pros make a crazy kill from like far range with perfect accuracy stuff like that it'll be really interesting yeah but I agree. They they do need better spectator stuff. It is a, it is pretty early. Um, and then another thing to to worth mentioning is that uh, I think I'm I'm really happy with their cadence of what they want to. They like released a uh, blog post talking about how there is going to be a act like a battle pass, which like they're calling acts um, every two months, I believe. And
0: yep. it'll A new character on each.
1: Yeah, new character for each. Um,
0: and then a new map every six months.
1: Yeah, so they're it's they're turning it into being, like, there's about six heroes a year and a new map every, like, every half year. Um, I think that's a good pace. Uh, like, I, I feel like pacing killed Overwatch. Like, I, Overwatch is really interesting because I don't know if you've seen, like, all the, you know, Overwatch is dead stuff and as they're moving to, like, Overwatch 2... Uh, their con like the it's it, it's also interesting to look at, uh, the like autopsy of the Overwatch League and how Bl- Blizzard handled their pro scene, um, versus Riot and how they're handling Valorant. Um, but I, I think that that's a good cadence for the type of game that Valorant is. Like I'm surprised that o- Overwatch was the kind of game that needed heroes more so than Valorant does. Um, like I don't, sure. I don't think I'm not like, like in Overwatch when it even when it launched, I by the first month I was like, you need heroes, you need tanks and healers right now because it's boring as hell to play those yeah. roles and I'm being forced onto them. Um, and in Valorant, the closest that that is is like every me being forced onto Sage every round because it's it, it is hard not to think it is hard to think of a game that doesn't have Sage in it. So i i look forward to having a better alternate for having an, like another healer
0: yeah i mean the grand finals winners uh did not use sage
1: yeah i mean there it's a it it it's a better actually like Oh, I I love what Blizzard did with Overwatch and having this like healer tank DPS system and the way that you can have um, like high skill cap DPS champs that are aiming really well versus sometimes these tanks that like don't really require aim. They require more thought. And it is is doing so much. Obviously, Overwatch is doing so much, but it's so difficult to balance because they, they always had issues with the way that healers worked and the ways that tanks worked, and, like, different skill disparity, and making things fun for everyone. And one thing that kind of rules the balance in Valorant is that, like, guns just kill you. Like, it doesn't matter what you're, you know, like, you can have a character that heals you, and that's fantastic, but an op to the chest will kill you no matter what, and a gun to the, like, a bullet to the head will kill you, like, with most guns, so... It, like, it doesn't always matter to have a healer rather than having something more, like, better utility.
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever I think about the number of characters in these games, it just makes me wish that I were playing League of Legends, which is a game where I could play, you know, 20 games in a row. I could be an eighty carry on all of them and play a different character every game. Uh, I played some League of Legends recently, and... uh, that game is like riding a bike.
1: Yeah, it is, it's really, really interesting. You don't
0: forget how to, how to do some of that stuff. Uh, so, like, orb walking was good. Uh, CSing was good. I think I was, I'm still getting, like, 80 CS in 10 minutes, which isn't as good as when I was at my, like, best. But, it's you know, it's it's good enough to compete at the level that I've now deranked to. Yeah. It, it's,
1: it, it is also interesting because... Like, those are some of the skills mm-hmm. that would take someone starting out, like, years to learn, and you're already there. Even coming back, like, it, like you don't forget the certain things. Like, I felt the same way. Like, I remembered, like, inherently different rules on, like, creep waves and how they, they work. And, like, me- melee minions, you wait for two shots from the yep. tower, and then you last hit them. And then for uh, the caster minions, you you hit them once, and then the tower hits them, and then you hit them again. So there's, a, there's, like, just a general feeling. I was, like, impressed by how, like, my brain would stop me from, like, hitting a minion sometimes. Because it was, like, I want to hit the minion because I think they're low enough to die. But my brain was, like, nah, wait, wait, like, one more second. And, like, it yeah. usually worked out. It was impressive.
0: But ultimately, it's a game that I can't play because nobody else is playing it. And at this point, if I'm going to play a game that, like, is ongoing, then it's probably going to be something I play with friends yeah. Uh, which is why I'm getting, you know, so much mileage out of Valorant, because uh, you and some other folks are playing it. And it's also why I've been getting some mileage out of uh, Minecraft again.
1: Yeah, tell me about that.
0: What's yeah, gonna... uh, There was
1: a big update, apparently.
0: There was a big update, so I decided to um, rent a server, um, throw some light mods onto it, and then I've just been playing Minecraft. I think my server has uh, eight people on it. Yeah, I've got eight people on it which is a good number Um, and it's just been cool I mean it's like Minecraft but since I stopped playing it a while ago there's just been like so much added to the game and there's also like a fair amount of direction now and there's also like for people who want it there is a way to beat the game uh, which is a weird thing for I don't know, when you think about what Minecraft originally was, and it was kind of like the sandbox building game, uh, it's weird to think about the fact that now there's, like, a progression where you're trying to get better gear, you're trying to get better enchantments, uh, so that ultimately you could kill the final boss.
1: What is that like? Like, is, like is, is that, a, is that a, a meaningful thing? Like, do you feel like the action in the game is, uh, like like a final boss is a satisfying thing in a game like Minecraft versus just, you know, building what you want.
0: I haven't beaten it, so I don't know. But I think the thing that makes it like, you know, special is just that the you get rewards from it, right, that are going to help you further your building. Yeah. So there are reasons just to go through with it so that you could get some like cool uh like new powers in a way. One of, you know, you can get like um like a glider sort of like a set of like wings almost that let you like fly through the air which is pretty handy and you get like a um, uh, more storage capacity um, you sort of get like this bag that like if your inventory is full it'll like pick things up for you so there are like benefits just to getting through it and I think that it's good because they sort of um, provide you with a progression that not only is it uh, about strengthening your character and giving you something to do, but it also is opening up all of these different like aesthetic building options. So you go into like the nether and then you get all of this like glowstone that you can make lanterns out of. Uh you get like this dark brick that you could make like um like an evil looking castle out of and blue fire and all of this, you know, stuff like that. And then you go to the end, which is like uh, the opposite, which is like this sort of more uh, holy area. I don't know. You think of like Diablo. You think of like uh, Act Four Diablo Three, right?
1: Okay. So and, like you Angelic. Get
0: something like that. Yeah.
1: I didn't know they had something like that. Is that in the Nether or?
0: That is. So there is a different dimension. So the Nether is like the under dimension, and then there is an area called the End, and the End is sort of the uh, the other one. I actually haven't been there yet because I'm not. Uh, it it. It's also the game where you know. You get what you give on it. So, if you're making like your own goals, then you're gonna take forever to get through it. Uh, So, mostly what I've been doing is I've been mapping the area. So, you can essentially like build maps and then you just sort of like walk around regions and you catalog the maps and then you could like put them on the wall. You could make markers onto the maps. Um, And one thing that I'm trying to do is I'm creating this railroad. Um, throughout different people's like uh, stuff, right? So through like stables, through different villages, because there's also like NPC villages now. So yeah. I'm trying to create railways to connect them all. Um, and when I do that, I'm also doing cartography to explore the area. And then I'm like mapping and marking where caves are on the maps so that I could copy the maps and everybody could have a copy of them. And I could mark where the railways are on them. I
1: didn't know you could do that. I don't know there's a like cartography in the game. I guess it's Minecraft is so old, they've added so many things, like, quietly, I guess.
0: Yeah, they have. Uh, and one thing that has taken me a really, really long time uh, that nobody else bothered to do, and I'm part, partially because it's so obnoxious, is I've been uh, breeding turtles. Uh, okay,
1: why is that? <laughs>
0: why? Because if you breed turtles... And you watch them mature. They drop an item that you could form into a helmet, and the helmet gives you underwater breathing. And if you have underwater breathing, then you could go into these underwater ruins, where you can get all of these like really cool lanterns. You can get tons of gold enchantments. There's there's just so much to explore, and there's still like so many parts of like so many biomes that we haven't seen yet. There's like uh, haunted mansions. Uh, we don't even know where they could possibly be on the map. It's also the kind of game where they've had so much time to like work on the way that the maps are generated that the maps actually feel like so full of stuff. Like you're not just going through like nothing. Yeah. You're not just like walking through a forest. There'll be like a ravine that you could explore. There'll be like a bunch of rare horses, and then. You're like, well, what do I do with these horses? I have to find a way to get them back to my house. So you have to uh, build items that are called leads that essentially you could pull the horses on. Uh, And then you have to get saddles, and then you breed the horses to make better ones. And it's just... uh, There's a lot to do. And then you want to build stables to house the horses. And then you got to build railroad tracks to the stables. And it's just... uh, It goes on and on, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's so hard to find the time to play other games when i have friends who are playing minecraft and i'm trying to you know keep up with them i'm trying to make an appearance because you know the more people who are uh showing up online the more people are going to get invested in it and i want to keep the server lively so i'm trying to do that i'm trying to do valorant and i'm trying to play all these other games
1: what other games
0: well i've been playing a lot of monster trains still
1: yeah i know i could see this
0: Ah, oh, man, I'm like 20 hours into Monster Train. And I like Monster Train better than Slay the Spire. Oh, my I think, God. I think oh my that God. I like Monster Train better. I think that Slay the Spire is more important. But I think that moment to moment, Monster Train is more fun. And you're making more impactful like combos. So Monster Train is a deck-building roguelite similar to Slay the Spire, right? Uh, where essentially you have uh, these five factions of monsters, and you're choosing two of them when you start a run. Uh, and it sort of also has an element of tower defense, where you have these like uh, three lanes that you're trying to defend. So you are the, the cards in the deck building aspect is you're summoning monsters into different uh, train cars and you're using spells to enhance your monsters, to debuff enemies. Um, and then you're just you know progressing that way, getting stronger cards, uh, building better combos, and um, increasing the power of your champion, which is sort of like the ultimate unit. Uh, every faction has one champion, so you're always bringing one champion into your into the deck. Uh, and then there's all these different upgrade paths mm-hmm. for the champions. So uh, you might have a champion who has like multi-strike, Which means that every time they attack, they attack twice, or every time they kill an enemy, they gain armor. And essentially, like every card is like totally unique and every card also has upgrade slots. So you could take like a weak monster that has multi-strike and you could give it extra attack, right? And because attack is additive and multi-strike is multiplicative, you're creating like a really powerful unit. But but the thing that makes it um so, like, attractive and interesting to me is just that I feel like you're popping off way more than you do in Slay the Spire, that you're making, like, once you know what's possible and you see, like, all of the different artifacts in the game, you know, there's, like, a ton of artifacts, a lot of which are uh, similar to Slay the Spire, a lot of them are faction-specific, but also, like, the thing that's, like, so you're making all these combinations, but you're also... Combining two factions together, um, which can make things difficult, it can make things like really interesting because that means that uh, there are all these unique combinations, right? It's like four times five times four times three times two combinations. It's like a magic and thing. Yeah, it it totally is, uh, and just like the types of synergies that you can create with them is really brilliant. So, for example, uh, a run that I recently played. Uh, there's like these really small monsters called Imps, and they have super low attack, but every time you summon them, they do something, right? So you'll have an Imp where you summon it and you deal five damage to all of the enemies. Um, and those are like uh, those are like from the Hell faction, which is sort of like the, the base default faction. But then there's this other faction called the Melting Remnant, and their whole thing is um, Death and Rebirth. So their monsters like burn out, but they come back stronger. So you can make this like engine where your imps are dying, but then they're coming back. And whenever they come back, you're getting to activate those summoning effects again. And then you can get relics where it's like every time a summon happens, it triggers twice. And all of a sudden you can just make these massive combos where like these imps are coming in, they're just blowing up everything. They're immediately dying, they're coming back again. And that's just like one example that you get from combining two factions. And obviously, like, that's one permutation of the way that you could play those two factions, right? Because it's not just like every faction doesn't have just like this is the one thing the faction does, right? It, and it's similar to Slay the Spire, where it's like uh, a character isn't just built on like the fact that uh, the Ironclad has armor, right? The Ironclad has more than armor. And uh, it's very similar in Monster Train, where they're popping off in all of these different ways. So just like the mixture and the permutations of the different things you could do is super interesting. And the other thing is that whenever you beat the game, you get a new uh, ranking level like and which adds more difficult modifiers to the next uh, run that you play. So I've just been trying to climb up those covenant ranks and see more uh, more interesting synergies. And as you play, you're also unlocking new cards for the factions. And you're also, whenever you win a run, you uh, all the cards that you played with turn golden. So there's also this thing of like, I want to take this card that I don't usually play with because I want to get it golden.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's a neat thing.
0: Yeah, so there's just like so much to like. Uh, also, it is sitting on Steam with 96% uh, positive ratings. It is, it's doing so well. Uh, it's not the best. I, I can see why someone might think the style looks a little like mobile gamey um, or a little lame, but it doesn't really negatively affect it too much for me. I actually do like the card art. The characters like move around in this weird way where it looks like um, it's like a 2D character in like a 3D space in kind of like an awkward way. But yeah. it's, it's totally it, it's worth it. Like it is so good. And I hope that you give it a shot at some point for real. I mean,
1: I, get, yeah, I gave it, like, a minor shot, but it wasn't, like, enough of a shot. Um, I do need to go back to it. I've been playing um, Red Dead, though. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: why? I mean, is it crazy? Because uh, it is such a long game that there's no way you're going to make time for. Yeah. And it's so slow that you're going to, like play it like for 20 minutes and be like i I play it more
1: than 20 minutes but
0: i could have gotten through two spike rushes by now
1: (laughs) that's true like uh yeah that those are like my like i've i i'm like a couple hours into it and i'm still kind of in the initial stuff i'm about to like rob this train and uh but i'm really yeah, I'm so cool, impressed right? by it. There's there's so many things that like I remember you a lot of like stuff that you had said or that I had heard about kind of like rings in my ears uh, while I'm playing it. I'm just like impressed by what they've done overall. Like I I, I love that uh, that the game is so like it takes itself so seriously and it never lets up off of that. Like it, the fact that even in the initial kind of missions you're doing what.
0: They save all of like the the weirdness. The, the horseshit for the online,
1: for the online. Uh, like, yeah. like in the even like in the initial kind of like missions you're doing, um, you'll be traveling for like a while for like a while, like ten minutes on like a horse with the characters just talking to each other, and the game is just like so cinematic. Like the gameplay definitely takes a backseat to how well it's animated, to how beautiful the environments look, to um, just how. Uh, in, well, the dialogue is crafted and how well it's delivered and everything like that. The characters they they start at with with such instantly fascinating characters. I love that, like the Dutch and his gang are kind of so close for outlaws and uh, that they they trust each other and kind of like love each other so much. And that people are like, you know, we're starving to death and it's freezing, but instead of like mutinying, like we're going to stand by Dutch and stuff like that. And he cares so much for. The people that like kind of work under him and stuff like that. I, yeah, I, do
0: you do you have spoilers. I mean, did you listen to like a uh, giant bomb and you remember what happens? Or are no. you going? Like, I mean, like,
1: I, I don't not, remember any. I I know. I am I'm, I'm also kind of remembering some things from because Red Dead, the first Red Dead is after this yes. game. This is a game is a prequel. So like I I know John Marston and i believe he like has a huge like i know he has like a huge falling out with dutch and the gang um but i like yeah so i don't i don't really know i don't really remember anything that's good cool yeah Yeah,
0: because i feel like uh once i sort of knew what was going on it it did make it a little less interesting but at the same time uh there are ways that the whole game could be um more interesting and you might pick up on more things uh knowing what happens in the end. But yeah. it's, it's kind of cool that you uh, uh, don't know. Um, that's so funny that you're playing Red Dead because uh, uh, sort of as a bridge between Monster Train and um, Red Dead, I've also been playing a little bit of this game called Griftlands.
1: Have I saw that.
0: that. Yeah. So that's like a um, dialogue uh, like deck building game or something like that? It is a it is a roguelite by Clay Entertainment. Uh, you probably know them from Mark of the Ninja. Um, mm-hmm. They've made a ton of games. They made Shank. Um, they did Don't Starve. Um, Oxygen Not Included. Uh, so this is... It's interesting because everything Clay does, uh, they're never repeating what they're building, right? So they're always exploring different genres. They're always producing this really beautiful art for it. And they're always sort of taking their own stab at it. Like, So Griftlands a is a sort of uh, procedural story... Uh, deck building game where you deck where you're building two different decks at once. One of them is a battle deck and one of them is a dialogue deck. And as you go through the playthrough, you're also making decisions uh, that are going to affect your standing with certain um, factions, uh, which will make it harder for you to negotiate with them or they might ambush you, uh, while you're in the way to like a different thing. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I haven't gotten too far into it, but it is really unique. Uh, it's it, it's interesting, right? That Slay the Spire sort of started. Yeah, that's
1: um, what I've been noticing. There's a lot of. This, of...
0: But everyone is doing their own thing with it, you know? Yeah, there's a
1: lot of deck building roguelites coming to Steam. Yeah, that's like the are, new. Yeah. Uh, thing that's that's been really kind of common. And, and it makes sense why. Like, I can understand why, as a company, it's at least easy to make the framework for a roguelike deck-building game. Um yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, the ones they will stand also out.
0: Also, kind of makes me want to play a little bit more Dominion. I was, I, I want to... I've been interested in...
1: Just deck-building?
0: Probably a bit more, yeah.
1: Because um, I
0: finished Clank Legacy, and it's like, I need... I need to do some more deck building.
1: Yeah. Have and you ever I played Stellaris?
0: Play huh?
1: Have you ever played Stellaris? Stellaris?
0: No, but I think Alex has like two thousand hours on it or something.
1: Yeah. Um. That's I, a I very think very him Alex and game. Kevin. Yeah. Like I, I, I got that because I'm really feeling some like space and, uh, like I, I almost I want to get like.
0: Do we have to hop back into civilization, Maybe like a, or yeah. is it specifically like a space? No, I, I mean civ. I, civ, I, I would like, but I, but I've also been
1: feeling like some of the cool stuff that could go along with with space and like space travel and space exploration. Um, I love I love how space can be made to be so like science fictiony and magical and yet like realistic in the same way. Um, so I was playing a little bit, a tiny bit of Stellaris. I wanna I wanna play more of it. But that game's age shows so badly. Like the tutorial just does not.
0: Well, they properly... also have like what hundreds of dollars worth of DLC yeah. at this point. Yeah, Actually, there was a big Steam sale DLC on it. You could get all the DLC for a hundred bucks. Yeah, there's a you big Steam sale on it. You get all the game I think for hundred bucks.
1: Which That's is... those are yeah, those are great things. So yeah, Stellaris is like is like a Civ game. So you know you're starting from. But it's a Civ, Civ space game, so you're starting from a, a single uh, solar system and building outwards, and it comes with the uh, complexities of a lot of like that. Like Civ is never easy to handle because if you're doing it right, then it is complex. But even from the beginning, it's like just some of the con- just controls or th- things just didn't feel right, like. I don't even know how to explain it. It just was not there's a there's a tutorial that was kind of explaining it, but there was so much going on that it was hard yeah. to like keep up with it or know like what I was doing at all, which is fair because it, when I was playing uh Civ 4 or whatever, it's Civ 4, right? Six. Civ 6. 6? So when I was playing Civ 6, like I definitely didn't like start out understanding anything about it like you don't the the first couple playthroughs of it or at least the first couple times you start aren't going to be that strong and then as you understand you'll start to like be more aware of what's going on and more impressed by it and making smart choices rather than just kind of doing random things and getting random outcomes so i hope that i can play a little bit more that i'm playing like this like crazy alien uh bug race of people there's a couple of weird bug races and a bunch of fungi races
0: that's like the, yeah. like, like it's like you're every just, you're just hungry for like eclipse and twilight Imperium. yeah that's
1: exactly what it is is like i want to play uh the like a race that is like just become spacefaring and the interesting complexities that go along with like meeting a new race and going to new galaxies and stuff like that i i, I kind of want it
0: yeah. in the back of my mind i'm always thinking about elite dangerous yeah i You know what's crazy? I honestly have no idea what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I know, because if I remember from what what I've heard, at least, as, like, a, you know, like, back-of-the-box explanation of it, was, like, you're a space trucker a little bit? Like, you're kind of, like, aren't you, like, moving cargo? It's a
0: multiplayer game. It's not... it, it, It seems like it's a little easier to understand than, like, an EVE Online. But it's so... Like, I honestly still have, like, no idea exactly what it is. Yeah. But I'm very curious about it. Uh, uh, I've heard good things
1: about. I, I almost wanted to kind of like, in the vein of all of this, to like wrap all of this up. I've heard so many good things recently about No Man's Sky. And oh how... yeah,
0: I'm actually getting into No Man's Sky soon. With um, uh, Kevin Cruz and his br- brothers, are really into it.
1: Oh, and I would. We... I would kind of want to jump on when you're on because I feel like I. I feel like that was one of the most relaxing and interesting games. Visually. Yeah, it
0: was. It's chill. For sure. So I've been thinking about No Man's Sky as well, and see, these are all. Uh, there's so many games that just kind of go on forever. Yeah. Even Stellaris is a game that goes on forever. I just checked. Alex has 2,500 hours of Stellaris.
1: Damn. Maybe I should be like, he's he's got to give me pointers because it is a mess. From like, I just gotta say that the tutorial is a is a mess. Like it, it'll just it, it's like, I I picked an option that was like. There, there was, like, three options in, when I first started playing, and it's like, I know this game, don't bother me with tutorials. And one was like, give me light tutorials. And the other one was like, you know, hold my hand, Dad. And I picked hold my hand, Dad. But These are not the real options. But uh, I picked that. And then, like, it would be like, yeah, pe- press F2 to bring up the, the like, uh, journal to show what you should be focusing on next and then there would be this massive block of text that's like, yeah, you just open up the Galaxy page, and when you go on the Galaxy page, there's a submenu for sending out your research drone, and then you gotta speed up time to be able to get the research drone. It's gonna take a couple years. Uh, so while you're doing that, you can also select what kind of uh, you know cadence you want your research drone, what it's gonna do when it kind of finds this new gal. And it's stuff like that where it's like, you didn't even explain how to open up the Galaxy menu, and I'm looking at like, the game is just like, there's a there's a menu on the side that is all these icons of just like 20 different icons and then there's a menu on the top that's like tons of resources and also more icons and then there's a menu on the bottom right that is like some icons and different map controls and then on the top right it's uh like controls for like time and like how it's like what you haven't you can't just tell me to do this and not like there should be some sort of either tell me how to it, tell me what button it, it, it is for that or let me click on it and open that menu you can't just say like open this menu and go to this sub menu and go to this and then what i'd have to do is like there were so many in the individual things that it would tell me to like to come to move on with the tutorial it was like you know do complete this step like just design a corvette for your which is like a space cruiser for your your gap your race um and it would, it, like, I would have to like read this long block of text, and sometimes like write down, like, okay, so you're telling me go to this sub menu, and when I get to this sub menu, I have to do this certain thing to be able to complete this. But I can't have both of those menus up at the same time, so I have to either remember it or write down kind of what they're telling me to do.
0: Have you tried just watching like a guide? I really on, like, should. Like on youtube because i feel like that's the way that i've done all like that's how i learned path of exile that's how i learned literally every board game that i play it's how i learned oxygen not included which is uh, a
1: similarly complex mach- yeah, like ridiculous. mechanism game yeah uh, i kind of wanted to play that a little bit i also i got um uh also on the 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 steam sale i got gloomhaven the, yeah uh, you're
0: playing a lot of different you're getting your toes wet one toe wet with
1: yeah it's like but you know you're not, not, not really feeling anything because like Stellaris was what I what I wanted I didn't get out of it and you're right I should just watch um some YouTube tutorials and stuff like that maybe I'll, I can go back in if the the main tutorials I understand the tutorials in the game not being enough. But um, I was playing a little bit of Gloomhaven. Got my ass kicked in the first scenario. Like I understand Gloomhaven too, but I just forgot how that there. I I start out in this generic crypt because that's Gloomhaven, you know. So I started out in a generic crypt. Uh, uh. I there's no campaign yet, so I'm excited. I'm happy to have bought it at this price. It's one of those like investments that I'm sure. Uh, as they add more and once there's finally a campaign in it. Uh, I will get more out of the game, but right now there's like a, for whatever reason the only mode is like guildmaster mode. I don't know why, but it's like a like mini campaignish kind of thing. Um, but I I started out in a generic crypt as you do in Gloomhaven uh, with the uh, brute and the scoundrel, and I like used all my cards in the first room and just like and then i and then when i opened the door to the next room there was like eight minions it was like a mess what was going on do you
0: think that it's gonna be enough like do you think i feel like there are better video games to play than 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 the gloomhaven one i feel like gloomhaven is interesting as like a physical thing right i
1: don't know i mean i I would i would disagree in some ways because gloomhaven is such a mess and at the very least uh if if we if you got to the point where there's a campaign and they they do a really good job but it's a very good looking game by the way but uh like the animations are actually surprisingly good and it has like a very good uh like it, 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 the colors are the same kind of like dark dingy uh greens and blacks and grays that that gloomhaven already is and they, they do they do a good job with that while making it more like kind of bright and vibrant in some kind of disgusting ways so I think that they did a good job with that also you're not controlling you don't have like the whole uh controlling the elements system or micromanaging how every individual mob is and what kind of actions they want to take and how much health they have and all these kind of miniature things that are so easy to just gloss by in person like it's you know it's handling all that setup and all that stuff where you can just be able to jump into a scenario and just play um so yeah. that that aspect of it is good and Gloomhaven is still like it I it's weird because Gloomhaven is such a brilliant idea like I love the idea of this that you're playing this character and you have a handful of cards and you're picking two cards to go with and you're picking and the cards are split into a top action and a bottom action and then it gets to your turn you're picking which card you want to take the top action from which card you want to take the bottom action from i love all these aspects of it i love that like you have to rest and i also love that uh you're losing the cards as the game is going on so the game kind of increases in speed and also doesn't let you languish and just kind of take your time like you're like there's sort of an element of like every turn is is hurling the game towards the end and despite all this it almost feels like gloomhaven just never worked for me like it it, it's like there the game needs to be a little bit lighter for it because it's a little bit
0: less clunky Is it's clunky like it's not a matter of like the strategy being complicated it's mostly just how many things you have to manage like moving like all the different decks and you know But again,
1: this is not an element of the Bloom, the Gloomhaven video game is like, you're not managing these, 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 you're not micromanaging everything. The game is handling that stuff for you. And you'd think that that would be like, oh, this is where it can shine. But it's still a game where it's like, it usually just makes me feel like I, I like. I got away by the skin of my teeth or sometimes even when I when I played Gloomhaven like the the, the board game there would be times where it's like we're coming to the very end of this and like most even a successful um, like mission usually kind of came down to the the last moment like the last plays of like this needs to hit and like if I get unlucky with a draw of another thing the um, hit the hit deck that adds, which is, like, because, like, every single thing is micromanaged by different elements. So there's, like, a hit deck that goes along with, like, do you hit? Do you hit for more damage? Do you hit for double damage? Do you hit for zero damage? Do you completely miss? Like, stuff like that. So every kind of Gloomhaven mission, I remember going down to, like, the last turn or two that you could even be playing, even when you're successful. So the times where you play, like, a two-hour or so mission... And you got down to the end where it's like we actually won't have the the stamina to be able to complete this. It would almost be like you know what, fudge it. You know, like like we're, we we won. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We won. We we won. Like it's, it doesn't.
0: Uh, I know what you're saying, but I have to tell you that I need to take a short break. But 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 before I say that, I mean it is crazy to think about playing Gloomhaven uh, when a game like I guess like Divinity Original Sin exists. Um, yeah, I don't like. Know. I mean, like, that's, like, the, the comparison that I would make of, like, taking the space of a video game and then, like, taking the turn-based combat and the decisions and the party play. Uh, it, it's Yeah, really yeah a, I it understand. Yeah, yeah, it awkward. doesn't really
1: necessarily shine on that platform. Like, it, it's what it has going for it, despite the micromanaging elements, is the fact that it's this, like, sprawling tabletop game versus the idea of it being, like... Well, when you put it into video game form, it's not that sprawling compared to games like you said, like Divinity or or Path, uh, Pathfinder.
0: Sure, yeah. Like,
1: stuff like that. Okay. There there's there are already games that, that straddle that.
0: So let's uh, revisit in a little bit. And uh, here's the ad break. Yeah. It's... All right, I'm going to do a new one. and we're back so if far we talked we talked about a lot of games so far already uh we've talked about path of exile monster train griftlands talked about red dead redemption a little bit about stellaris a little bit about gloomhaven uh valorant right we talked about that uh that's a lot of games to cover uh what else have you been playing i i don't know what else
1: you have been playing but for me one of the last things uh that- I was really excited about that. I that I have put in a decent amount of time into is Thousand Year Vampire, Thousand Year Old oh, okay. Vampire. Um, this was this is a uh, a book. Uh, you can it's also not get a it. Game. You can get it as a PDF. It is a game.
0: Well, is it a is it a video game? It's not a video game. Okay. Well, no. But Ryan, in the time of COVID, in these uncertain times, when you can't meet up with people. How do you play this game? It's a
1: single-player RPG what? kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I've found this to be really neat. I've been I've been plugging away at this, and it, it is a it is a really cool idea. I'm sure there have been things that are like this, but they haven't been reviewed by Shut Up and Sit Down. So kind of that's the difference with Thousand Year Old Vampire. It's a it's a, a book. Uh, by Tim Hutchings and you can also get it as a PDF and it's a single player RPG but it's really cool it, like it, it kind of goes away from all the things you might think about with uh, when I say RPG like you don't have stats or anything like that um, the idea is that like the for the first six or so pages of a the book they set up how you're supposed to play the game and you get a you know jumping off point uh, usually you know, hundreds of years ago. So, for example, my I, I chose the Aztecs. Uh, I thought it would be interesting if a vampire were created in, in the Aztec culture because it's a very, like, violent culture, like, full of, like, sacrifice and blood. It's famous for, you know, for uh, at least the way that we kind of remember it of, like, people being thrown down steps and bloodied and, like, children's sacrifices and stuff. So I thought it would be interesting there. Um, and what you do is you create a character from that timeline. You give them... Uh, three resources they might have three kind of family members or friends or acquaintances they might have uh a mark that uh you what kind of cursed them originally to become a vampire and uh from there you kind of solve these like uh creative writing prompts it's really interesting because you mm-hmm. the 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 creative cr- writing prompt yeah it's weird it's it, it's not like for, for also for for being something that was on Shut Up and Sit Down, it's not that like it, ha- it has game elements, but most of the thing is creative yeah. writing, and and it's really interesting how it works out. So
0: sure. So how does it differ from like a choose your own adventure like a novel?
1: So you're not really choosing like well, it's hard to explain. It's it's weird because so you you have these limited number of things going into the very first prompt basically you have these limited number of things you're you're a character in a certain time on earth probably and you have a certain number of acquaintances and items and or or at least like you know keepsakes you hold dear and the idea is that usually the prompts are like someone important to you stole something and what do you do about that there's a lot of them are usually a little bit more thought provoking than that but by the story kind of comes out almost automatically it's really interesting because the the story you'll you'll look at what is kind of available and what would make the most sense or be the most interesting thing to happen uh i usually don't think that that hard about an answer to a prompt it's more like uh it would be interesting if Uh, that like an old character that you had met in the past that you thought was mortal is immortal and they meet you at this timeline. So it's interesting to like look through the past of like, who's someone I've, I used to know that I liked or something like that. And now they're back and they're immortal and I never knew that. And they come and they give me something important, like what was important to them during their life that I had, that I had done. Uh, So it's mostly just the, like solving these creative writing problems. There is like a kind of ending to the game, um, you're, you're, you, you, you solve a prompt, you roll a d10 and a d6, and the, you, you subtract the d6 result from the d10 and move forward or go back that many prompts. Um, whenever you land on the same page, there's three prompts on a page. You solve the first prompt, and if you go back to the same page you've been to, then you solve the second prompt in it. And okay. then finally, the third. How,
0: how big? How big is this book?
1: It's a really huge book. Like, uh, let me like, see. Is there a
0: number of pages?
1: Yeah. Um, I can't even like. Oh, at least 94, 94 pages. So yeah, you're you're solving these prompts. Uh, the game ends when like you have a certain amount of um, uh, resources and characters and stuff like that, and when the uh, when the game ends, skills also. Uh, and when the game ends when you can't uh, you you don't have any more skills or resources and it makes sense why because since the prompts are like largely uh like like they're focusing you based on the resources and skills that you have. so if they're none if you don't have any more for whatever reason, then it makes sense that the game would end because like you don't really have any more fuel for the creative writing prompts. Uh, so that's kind of how it's played. So you just All basically right. play until you can run out of your skills or resources. But there's a lot of interesting things about it. Like I've I've been really liking playing the game so far. Uh, for example, like one of the the as they the, in the initial pages when they're describing how to play it, uh, one of the the goal there's there's two major goals that uh, Tim Hutchings had in in mind when creating this game, and one of them is that. Uh, the, the game would kind of show you like on a grander scale than even a, a regular human life, how the passage of time uh, kind of turns everything into this like the, the growing senescence of this this vampire that as time would go on, you can only remember a certain amount of things. That's another thing that is kind of gamified. Um, every
0: Probably a um, true statement though.
1: Yeah, like every so you can only remember five things. And uh, each creative writing prompt counts as an experience in the vampire's life. And a memory is a creation of is, is an amalgamation of three experiences. So once you've you've started to learn once you once you've you've had five memories, which are each broken down into three experiences, once you start to go on to the next one, your vampire can't remember something. So you you choose one of the other memories to forget. And you can put that inside of a diary and many things I've like lost my diary. And because of it, all this like really fascinating stuff happens. So for example, my vampire has lost their original diary in a fit of rage. They like they, like At this point in time, even though they were born as an Aztec, the time that I'm at in the game right now is uh, they're in New York City in the 1850s. And uh, the like I, in a fit of rage, they threw uh, their diary into the bay and uh, now they don't remember how they became a vampire and they don't remember. The, the whole initial thing was that uh, was that like I, when I looked up the Aztecs was that they were their kind of society ended in 1521 when they were took, taken over by Spanish conquistadors led by Hernan Cortez. And I thought it'd be interesting if, like, I was taken over, but kind of constricted to join the conquistadors after I fought mm-hmm. well in a battle, and wanted to take, despite the fact that I kind of joined these uh, conquistadors, I wanted to take revenge on Hernan Cortez. So the kind of the whole uh, backstory, or like how I, how this vampire like its whole motivation in life was to get revenge on Hernan Cortez who ended up being immortal himself um, uh, was lost in this diary and now can no longer remember like the very thing that's at its heart that like drives it, it was supposed to be this revenge story. And now it doesn't remember who it wants revenge on uh, and stuff like that. Uh, you can have, mm-hmm. you can have items that are resources that are like keepsakes that were given to you in memories that have since been lost or uh once the diary is gone the vampire can't ever recall like why it has those things so there are like really interesting uh creative writing prompts to this like it, it is a yeah. fascinating do you
0: feel like the the digital version is like the better version to go with or do you think a physical version would be uh, more satisfying
1: um, I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I on HIO there. It's it was it's primarily a like digital sales distribution website, and there was this huge mistake. Even if you go on like the um, Thousand Year Vampire, the Geniro Vampire um, web page for it, uh, there's tons of people in the comments of it saying like this is fantastic, but I bought it because it says on on the the page if you if you spend more than forty dollars on this PDF then. That'll automatically make it so that they'll send a physical copy. Um, so I did spend more than forty dollars uh, on the PDF, and I I never got prompted to. Uh, ironically, I never got prompted to to uh, figure out where like put my address. So so the, so the, how would they send me a physical copy? So it wasn't really a platform made for physical copies, and the creator, uh, it with his like own personal email. Emailed everyone to that, that doesn't have an address uh, linked to their HIO account um, to to like put to update the address in there and that he would like physically he would change this himself. So he's sending the book uh, as a P. I have been using it as a PDF, um, yeah. and I don't think that's wrong. I think uh, the the other thing to to finish is the first thing he wanted to talk about was your vampire kind of growing senile and what memories it would lose. And the other, maybe more interesting thing is, uh, like kind of reading about the passage of time. So, uh, as you, the prompts are going on, it's up to you to kind of move the needle of history, uh, forward. Maybe like a prompt will make you think like, oh, I was, uh, exiled from this area after they found me out. So I, I had to travel far away. Like how long did it take for you to get far away Physical, like, where did you end up, and how did you move the passage of time? And then, because of that, it's made me uh, spend a lot of time reading, uh, like, Wikipedia uh, or different um, journals based on history to see what the vampire would have been doing in a certain area at a certain time. I was like really interested because I I was when the vampire got exiled from uh, from Mesoamerica. It made sense to move like north, which is Texas, and I thought it was really fascinating because like I I had the vampire go to Texas where it was living with uh, Native Americans, and then it, watch out
0: for Sam and Dean, right?
1: And then it turned yeah, and then it turns out that that like shortly after that, the Spanish invade Texas and take over parts of Texas. So it's like it was a perfect thing to be like uh, of this narrative that uh, that like I already hate the Spanish. And now they've come to take over my new homeland after I was exiled yeah. from Mesoamerica. So, so
0: that's like some interesting emergent storytelling. But uh, does does the fact that your character already have a problem with the Spanish do that factor in to this thing happening, or like what's the what are the mechanics that are going on there?
1: So the the I guess the the main mechanics are both uh, because the game is really telling you like they specifically talk about how you should be focused on. Uh, the you should be focused on what's happening at current time periods because you're you're kind of you're living on Earth so you should be spending uh, you should be knowledgeable that like in this year a war happened where were you did you were you involved in it or this is a political party that had started like where you are you interested in it and stuff like that so you're taking these bits uh, of history and uh, trying to mix them with what the prompts in the game are so 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 everything i haven't gone nothing i've ever like written about in the 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 actual game uh wasn't being asked about by the prompts basically like the prompt told me to that i had to leave meso like my initial homeland and go far away so i just decided texas and then the prompt says like i'm involved in a war and i'm looking at like Current wars would be in Texas, and it's like, oh, this was there was a war for the revolution of Na- of Texans uh, that were Americans that moved in that fought off the Spanish. So like, it makes sense for that my character would be interested in this war. So like, I can just uh, kind of take what happened in history with the prompt and figure out what kind of story beat would be there. So it's it's kind of interesting because okay. uh, the the. I, the crush the question the prompts are so well crafted that they they really don't feel quite as open as uh, they might seem. Like since they're usually just drawing upon what your resources are, where you, where your vampire is at, uh, at physically and time wise in history, and who they know and all this kind of stuff, that the prompts are like they're they're pretty uh, precise so it kind of makes sense why you would look at what you currently have available what's going on in history and what would make the most sense to happen
0: Yeah, I gotta uh, check out that um, shut up and sit down just so I could maybe wrap my head around it man but uh, doesn't this kind of thing just make you wish that you had like a consistent group that could meet up that would be interested in something like uh, King's Dilemma for example yeah get through some of the more narrative games, or even the emergent narrative narrative games. Man, I sure wish that we could get through, for example, a game of Twilight Imperium.
1: Yeah. I mean, I that's, it's, actually, coming, it's coming It's to that time of year again, but.
0: I was actually just reading that a popular uh, variant of Twilight Imperium is one where you have all 10 public objectives like available from the start. And it makes the game uh, less luck driven and uh, faster to play. Uh, I I could see that, but I could also see that being a lot of um, uh, a lot of information, right? Yeah, uh, right up front, that could be hard. But that wouldn't bother me. I think that would be a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I think
1: that the like what we were talking about before with um, like why I wanted to play Stellaris, and it's the same kind of thing of like I'm currently really itching for that kind of like kingdom death or uh like narratively driven game you know the
0: closest thing the closest thing that you can get to it is honestly rimworld it is
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i remember like i I, that's kind of like what i I had played rimworld again like something that i didn't really like I, i need to spend more time with but there were there i had seen something interesting happening that that's the kind of what i wanted out of Stellaris. that's kind of what i I want right now is to play that uh open ended uh kind of game that is the result of all these mechanisms clashing all at once. I just yeah. like I just love uh uh Kingdom Death is probably the the one that has given me that the most of like how many individual weird things that can happen in Kingdom Death and the kind of um ad hoc storylines that are just created out of nothing uh that that i really like so so this is this being a game that that focuses on that that uh is really nice and it's also nice for uh people that like to write because like i i like to write but uh giving i've never realized the value in being prompted like when, when you're when you're in school or something they give you a prompt for uh a a maybe like a short story and I've gotten good results from that, but I've wanted to write on my own, but it's so open-ended. So almost being like a little bit like like later down and, and not having written anything in a while and being given these kind of very specific prompts, uh, it, it feels like a little bit more natural just to write based on yeah. the kind of narrow worldview that, I would, that my vampire yeah. is supposed to have.
0: This has been WTDG Podcast. You can find us online, wtdgpodcast.com. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on We're on Spotify. Twitter. That's we're news to me. Facebook. Yeah, I told you that a while ago. We're yeah. on there. Oh my god. You can find us there. Uh rate, comment, subscribe, you know, uh, follow us at WTDG Podcast on Twitter. Uh you know, you can follow me on Twitter at, at MamesJason. I don't mind. Give it a give it a shot.
1: I forgot, but I have a Twitter.
0: Yeah. Uncle Think, Uncle Friend or something, right?
1: Uh Captain Rascal is my Captain Instagram. Rascal, but that's not really right, the same thing um yeah. uh thank you ryan gowan crying for the use of music we use the intro and outro revive off the old album the very old album at this point i have to add another add another old on uh beyond the fleeting gales you can you cannot find them at the room for cover band Kim. uh we look forward to new music that he is creating um
0: but we can't talk too much about it just uh, yeah but you yes. wait and see
1: you wait and see uh you wait and listen yeah there you go thanks ryan thank you james
0: 2020 go away
1: the world is a chaos and ladder is a chaos